Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. series of basic training for life uh, we have looked at repentance we've looked at spirit uh, water baptism spirit baptism and today we're going to look at something else that is a <clears throat> elementary doctrine of the word of the Lord that we will give consideration to here this morning as well John 4 24 just to get us started here today and uh, I'm not making no promises last week we did go a little long but you know that's okay that's okay. I was listening this week. I keep a tape going in the car of preaching, and so I hear it in five-minute segments back and forth across town. If I travel any further than that, I hear more of it. But nevertheless, uh, Bishop Steve Wilson, he was preaching at a conference, and I was at that conference in Tulsa many years ago. But he said, pastors, he said, don't, 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 don't uh, apologize for going over, he said, on Sunday mornings. He said, I have yet to see a fan talk about they were disappointed that their team went in overtime. He said they usually go around and hit hands and said, we went in overtime two times and they're celebrating. He said, I wish there would just be some saints of God when we go over on Sunday morning, they go out to eat. I'll tell you what, we went 15 minutes over today. We just had such a time in the house of the... So now, if we go in overtime, let's just celebrate. Hallelujah, let's just celebrate. We're going into overtime. Hallelujah. Amen. If that's what it takes for our team to win, let's do it. Amen. Let's do it. John 4, verse 24 this morning. The Bible says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. Today, our focal point is worship. And I thought that was quite fitting uh, with the praise and the worship that was taking uh, place around here today. Let's ask God to touch our hearts and minds afresh. Father, I come to you right now, and I need you, Jesus, in this service. God, through the ministry of your word, the teaching of your word today, God, that we'll, Lord, have understanding, God, enlighten our minds and our hearts. God, that you're able to help us, Lord Jesus, through this and by this. I know, God, today, Lord, that your spirit is able to come down and just touch us, Lord, today. Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Lord, you're able to grant understanding to someone God maybe has never understood before, but today, God, they could, Lord, receive understanding. Well, thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you do and accomplish in this place. In Jesus' name that I pray, amen and amen. Everybody say amen. 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 You may be seated. Now, this was very difficult for me in one measure, and that is it has not been that long ago on a Wednesday night I went through uh, a series on worship, and whenever that's like that, Man, I want to spill every gut I know about worship into an hour. And so I'm not going to try to do that, though, uh, this morning and reteach that series. But I think it is important to once again denote that there is a difference between praise and worship. And the, 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 the most simplest way that we can keep that straight is this, is that whenever you praise God, you praise God for what he has done stuff that he has done it's usually uh for the most part an utterance or some uh whether it's an utterance through body language or a vocal thing it's praising him for what he has done but worship worship is the reverence and the respect you have for God because of who he is his character alone stands uh for our and, and honoring of our worship worship many times is about our conduct whenever we come before the Lord whenever we come before God the way that we approach God the way that we approach God uh, how we come into his presence it's 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 our act of paying honor reverence and respect unto God and and we see this we we give honor uh, to certain levels and degrees to people in our life that hold hold places of uh, importance good or great importance in our life we give a certain level of honor uh, to them we honor uh, our veterans here uh, within the church and hopefully outside of the church but we honor our veterans and our troops because of the great importance they have held in our lives uh, for battling and fighting uh, for the freedoms that you and I so 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 thankfully are appreciative of and so we honor Honor them, and by giving them honor, they 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 we receive some they receive some benefits from our government, and so on. That's just a way to revere and respect uh, them because.
because of the importance that they have had in our lives. Hopefully to a certain degree, to a certain degree, the Bible implores us to do so, that we give honor uh, to our parents and our grandparents or guardians, whoever they may be, because they should have a great importance or should have had a great importance in your life. Uh, they, they've reared you and fed you and supplied a place where you could stay and, and paid for things and helped you out and nursed you whenever you were sick. And so there's a certain amount of honor because of what they have done for us, the importance that they have had in our lives. Uh, the, all the sacrificing, for sure, for parents and grandparents, uh, we got parents and grandparents and I'm not talking to a bunch of kids that you once were it was but nevertheless you understand all the sacrifice that you have made personally for your child all right and and so there's a certain amount of honor and so whenever we consider that you know we give we I mean there are some measures that we really give some high honor and high respect because of the way that the person has served us but whenever we take all that and boil it down and contrast it then with what the Lord has done for us or the great importance that he serves in our life then we understand there is a great level of honor and reverence and respect that should be paid unto the Lord. Uh, because this is something that no one else has per se done for us. Whenever I consider the, the popular verse of John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God invested a very high price uh, into you and I that we cannot even begin uh, to count, comprehend what he has truly done for us that the great God of glory would leave his throne in glory and all the majesty and posh that heaven has to offer and come in the likeness uh, not of an angel but in the likeness of sinful humanity come in the likeness as of you and I in flesh and dwell among us with the purpose to uh, die uh, be crucified brutally and raise the third day whenever I consider that that is deserving of honor that is deserving of reverence or if we may say this morning that is absolutely deserving of respect and worship everybody say worship and whenever I consider him and then I consider me. All right. The book of Lamentations says, in Lamentations 3, verse 22, it says, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. So it's not just that his love has been toward us but it's because of his mercies and graces that he gives to us a new and fresh day by day. Because of that, we are not already consumed. Amen. Because of his mercy and grace, we are not already consumed and finished and ended. If it weren't for his grace and for his mercy, the life sometimes I live in a moment, he could just consume it in a moment. But because of his mercy, because of his grace, he does not consume us. He does not finish it. He does not end it. And so then again, that gives me a certain level of honor and respect to him. He is much deserving of my worship. Amen. And whenever I worship the Lord, uh, worship the Lord, I, 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 it's God calling you and I, our soul, to respond to the love that he has for us. Amen. It's God calling us to respond to the love that he has displayed upon us, just to his nature, because God is love. It's a very intimate exchange between you and the Lord, all right? And if we get up here, we do as, as, as praise leaders and preachers and worship singers, we get up here sometimes and say, why don't you raise your hands or why don't you clap or why don't you do this or why don't you do that? But you cannot force somebody to love you just as much you can force somebody to worship you amen because if it's something that it's forced it's become something else than love it's become something else than worship but we'll continue to say raise hands and I'm thankful please don't get the wrong idea I'm thankful and appreciative when you do when we ask you to I think the Lord is going to bless you in your obedience to the man of God I don't want to by no means cut my nose off in spite of my face this morning and say well bless God the next time he says everybody raise their hand I'm not going to do that I don't feel that right now he's forcing me please 
please, please, let's all take this with a grain, grain of salt here today, all right? Amen. I think the Lord will bless you for being obedient. But what I'm saying is your motive really in all of that is really checked by the Lord. Amen. And so we come in and we have, we have we, the way that we conduct ourselves in a worship service, we have Bible for, for what we do. The clapping of our hands is just not, man, they're a bunch of weirdos. It's clapping their hands or raising them. That's just not a bunch of weird stuff. You can find it time and time again in the word of the Lord that those were measures by which people praised the Lord or other measures by which people worshiped the Lord. Psalms 100 in verse uh, number one says, make a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, O all ye lands. A joyful noise, a shout of joy unto the Lord. One psalm even said, make a loud noise. Loud noise. Yeah, loud noise unto the Lord. And don't want to disappoint anybody today, but heaven's not going to be a quiet place. Heaven's not going to be a quiet place. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a little heaven on earth. So with a loud noise uh, to praise and worship the Lord. Amen. It goes on to say in verse 2, serve which that is what worship is, a service. Serve the Lord with gladness, all right? Come before his presence with singing. In other words, we should make it our pleasure to worship the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Should make it our pleasure to worship the Lord. Our, our enjoyment, one of our delights of life should be to worship the Lord. Come with a joyful song, uh, singing upon your lips into his presence. Verse 3 says, look now, it says, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his Pastor, it said, know ye that the Lord, he is God. Again, what is worship? Worship is primarily based upon who he is. And so when you know that the Lord, he is God, that does something inside of you. It causes that honor, that reverence, and that respect. Whenever you know and realize the one that you are worshiping is God. He made me. He made me. He formed me. He put the breath in my body. He, he has sustained my life along this journey. He has taken care of me. I know that. Amen. And so I'm going to worship him just for who he is because he is God. Verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his holy name. And verse 5 then tells us why we praise the Lord, why we worship the Lord, for he is good. And his mercy is everlasting and his truth to all generations. God's been mighty good to us. God's been mighty good to us. And so I praise him. Amen. And so I worship the Lord. Again, worship, it's tied to my choice. It's tied to my will. Worship's tied to my will. And it's a will to totally surrender to God. Amen. Uh, in our study long ago, whenever you looked at the word worship, it meant to depress or bow down or go prostrate before another. And that's what worship is. It, it's lowering ourselves in the presence of the Lord. John the Baptist knew well, whenever he spoke of Christ, he said he must increase. But how is that going to be possible? Because John is going to decrease there's going to be that bowing, that decreasing. Whenever, and I'm just plucking something up from a while back so to refresh your course in a certain degree, but in culturally, whenever two people met, the one who did the bowing was the one that was of a, a lesser degree or was not the superior. The one who did the bowing was the one that was not the superior in that meeting. And so whenever we enter into the presence of the Lord, we enter into the presence of the Lord. Our worship, our depressing, our bowing, our reverencing is showing who's the superior in this place. Amen. And so if we come in and we don't worship, we're doing a little bit what got Lucifer kicked out of heaven for. I'll be like the most high. Uh-huh. We just stand there. There's no bow. There's no reverence. We're not, we're not planting upon him the medallion of the superior in this house. Honey, I don't want to do that. 
I want to come into the presence of the Lord. I want to worship, depress, bow, whatever you talk about. Some way in my attitude and my approach to indicate, God, you're the holy God. You're the superior God. You're the almighty God. You're the loving God. You're the one that made me. I didn't make me. You're the one that formed and fashioned this day. You are the superior one. And so it's indicated by our posture and our way of coming into the house of the Lord. Amen. Worship is a choice. Everybody say worship is a choice. Worship is a choice. Love is a choice. Forgiveness is a choice. Here, here's where we bank on feelings. Marriage relationship. One says, well, I, don't, I, I just don't love her anymore. I, I don't love him anymore. I just don't feel love for him anymore. What's going on is they're, 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 they're wanting to base everything upon a feeling and emotion. But love's a choice. Love's a decision. Some people won't forgive another person because they don't feel like forgiving them. Forgiveness isn't, isn't about what you feel like or don't feel like. It's about a choice. Some people say, well, I don't feel like worshiping. Worship isn't... Worship isn't an emotion that's connected with it or something that you feel worship is a choice and that's how you just as well as I have seen someone some people walk in here that you know that their life has been a wreck the past week you know maybe things that have happened in their life they come in here and they still clap and they still lift up hands and they still just reverence and honor the Lord why because they didn't feel like doing that but you know what they came in with a mind I'm going to enter into his gates with thanksgiving I'm going to enter into his courts with praise I'm going to worship the Lord because outside of all of my circumstances God is still God Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And we, we, there's just different things we could pinpoint, you know, in people's lives, financial distraught. How many times did you see Brother Mason during the time that he was without a job? He came up here. They're singing. They're doing that. Let me tell you, I guarantee you, there's sometimes he'd like to sit somewhere probably on the back pew, hide under a rock and not worry about it. But he did it anyway. Why? Because he made a choice. I'm going to worship the Lord. Things ain't good right now. Finances ain't good. Home's not good. Whatever's going on, it's not good right now. But I just make a choice right now. God's still God. God's still God. I don't have the finances I need, but that hasn't made his riches any less. I, I don't feel good right now in my body, but that doesn't mean he needs any less of a healer. I, I, I don't have the strength to carry on, but he still has all power. He's not diminished in who he is. And so it's, it's just not feeling. It's, it's making a choice. It's the same with worship. Amen. doesn't matter how I feel. I'm going to worship. My circumstance is going to worship. My situation is going to worship. What's happening today, what I'm going through, and yeah, I understand that it all affects us and impacts us sometimes. Amen. But worship has to do with him. He's worthy. He's worthy. Even, even when we don't feel like it. Even when we don't feel like it. And so there's a stimulus to our worship that stimulates our worship what stimulates our worship whenever we have a revelation in our own lives the greatness of God okay revelation in our own lives of the greatness of God how how you perceive God is how you'll worship God the way that you perceive God his greatness his goodness is the way that you will worship God what do you mean in if I break it down to an analogy that maybe we can all deal with. There could be someone, let's say me and another person go somewhere and we're in a place and somebody walks by. Let's say it's a celebrity. And they're like, oh my God, oh my goodness, that's blah, 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 blah. And I don't know, I've never heard of this person, like from Adam. And I'm like, big deal. Who's that? My response to that person being close to where I am is based upon my understanding of who that person is. God walks in this house. And there's some people like, Oh, God! And there's others that's like, What's the big deal? And there's two factors that weigh in that. Number one, they haven't really got yet maybe the revelation of what God is for them in their life. Or number two, I got to preach to the 30-year-old Christians, we become callous to what God is in our life. Because it happens. 
Because I've seen the same ones that have those first uh, relationship with the Lord. This is God. Man, he took my sins away. I used to sit on a bar. Now I sit on a pew and all these things. This is wonderful. This is great. And 20 years go by. This is God. Glory. I don't know what happens. Our perception shifts. Maybe we've been so long in the church we forgot what it was like to sit on the bar stool. So our worship is tied to how we perceive. How we perceive God. You know. They might have ran over there and got an autograph. I'd care less if I had an autograph or not. What do they mean to me? I wish someone would stand up and get God's autograph, you know, when we come to church. <laughs> Staying in a line. Camp out in a tent. That might take us to our next point. You'll sacrifice for what you worship. The new iPhone 6 is coming out. There will be people lined up in the places that distribute them. They'll have tents, hot chocolate, and blankets. And they'll stay all night before they, they can get that new phone. And they'll be in the line. And they might have to deal with cantankerous people around about them. You know, and then words going on, all this stuff. Because, honey, they want that phone. God, I feel like meddling a little bit today. There's sometimes, man, God is so great to us, we can't even deal with some of the gossip just goes on in church sometimes. People speaking and mentioning things. Honey, who cares about that? It's not, I'm here because of, I'm in line today. I'm camping out. I'm sacrificing. It's not for them. I'm sacrificing for God. Say what you want to say. I'm here to get what I'm going to get. I doubt the very few of them. There's a bunch of bonkering going on. They're just going to say, well, you know what? It'll show how much it's worth to them. You know, uh, it's not worth this. I'm going home. Well, it wasn't worth it to them. But there will be other people. They'll deal with all kinds of garbage because it's worth it to them. The headache, lack of sleep, getting hungry, having to, having to hold, going to the restroom for however long if you don't have a friend with you. <laughs> we have glory. Someone say amen. amen. You'll, you'll, you'll sacrifice. I'm kinda, I am kind of jumped ahead a little bit there, but that's okay. You'll sacrifice for what you worship. Yeah, Black Friday. That's right. I'll go get Bishop going here because he's been down that route. Oh, my. <clears throat> If I'm back up and digress here just for a moment, what helps us with our perception of God? The more you get to know God. All right? We know him through the word. This is a, this is a self-revealing book concerning God. Amen. So the more that you, you read your word, which I, I, I admonish you, if you haven't, try to read daily. Read your word because the more you read your word, the more you get to know him. In the beginning, John said, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. And so you're going to get familiar. More, your, your perception and knowledge of God is going to grow by His Word. And so with that, I admonish also, try to be here at church whenever we have church. Because the more you get here, whenever we're here, you know what we're talking about? We're talking about God. And we're going to share things of God. And hopefully with that, you're going to learn a little bit more about Him. And that's going to heighten your understanding. And with your understanding is going to come knowledge, your perception. You're going to learn more about God. And with that, that's going to impact your worship. That's the reason why old preachers used to say long ago, I've been at conferences and stuff, and they said them. They, they, they look back over where the preachers are sitting sometimes. Look over there. Man, you guys should be worshiping the Lord more than anybody of these. Why? Because we spend our life studying the word of the God when we rise, when we go to sleep. We know more about him than maybe the lay people do out there. So if anybody should have worship, yeah, should be pastors and teachers and people who give their life to the study of this book because our perception of God should be pretty high. Amen. So we have, so we have all this. Amen. All right, let's go on, let's go on. Worship requires sacrifice. If I, and I'm skipping forward, folks. I'm just skipping some stuff. All right. Okay, Sister McGee. Genesis chapter number four and verse number one. <clears throat> the Bible says, And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Just a few priorities of life 
uh, in the book of Genesis when we see in verses uh, 2 or not verses but chapter number 3 uh, whenever the Lord would come and with them in the cool today the first the first priority of the first family their first priority of life was God secondly their second priority was their life their family their family life then verse 2 says and she bare again his brother Abel and Abel was a keeper of the sheep but Cain was a tiller of the ground and so another priority of life is the occupation it fits in there too the occupation of the Lord or, or in your life and so we, he wants us he wants us to be occupied he wants us to be productive that, that, that's very very reasonable for that manner and we don't have any but every every let me throw out here for every single young lady that we would ever have. Let me tell you, before you get the guy, make sure he has a job. Because before Eve was ever brought to Adam, he was given the garden to keep it and dress it. He had the job before he had the woman. Now, parents, you put that back on your back jaws whenever your boys and girls get a little older. Some of you. <laughs> Amen. For one, Brother Fred, I don't know who in their right mind would want to entrust their daughter to somebody that couldn't work and supply for his family. I don't care how handsome he is. He's not worth the dirt I walk on. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, nevertheless, we got to go on. Here we go. <clears throat> Man, I almost felt a little something come over me there. Verse number three. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstling of his flock of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. So another priority or fourth priority if we're looking in succession here in life is worship, is worship. And we said, well, why in the world would worship, would worship come, come after all these other things? Because worship is very greatly connected with the offering. Amen. Worship requires, if you will, sacrifice. It requires an offering. Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. I think I threw that one up there, folks. Yes, the wise men. We'll go to the nativity scene here just for a moment. Speaking of the wise men, when they were come into the house where Jesus was, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And they had opened their treasures. They presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It's interesting that as the wise men come to see Jesus, they bow down, here's the posture, and they're worshipping, but in the same mode that they're worshipping and bowing down, they're offering gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There's a deep connection between offering and worship. And I could say it like this, a divine directive if you wanted to call it that, but nevertheless, there is such a connection that worship is giving and giving is worship. Uh-huh. Amen. It's an order that was given to us by the Lord. First Chronicles chapter 16 and verse number 29. It says, give unto the Lord the glory, do unto his name, bring an offering, and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. In the beauty of holiness. Amen. It all comes all the way back to God, folks, because if you think about worship and you think about giving, it's been a practice of mankind from the very first family on the earth. For instance, where do you think Cain and Abel learned how they should give or, if you will, worship the Lord? They learned that evidently from their parents, their mom, and their father. Where do you think Adam and Eve learned that aspect of worship and giving to God? Well, they learned that from their dad, Jehovah, God. Amen. They learned that from him. So this is all tied back to him, this worship and this giving aspect. And this is just the way, again, I didn't, I didn't write this today. This is Brother George Akers, so no one get mad at me, okay? Amen. God bless you. We'll take up an offering later. Amen. Malachi chapter number three and verse number eight. He says, the Bible says, the Bible says, will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me, but ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. So it says, God, God's asking the people, are you going to be so arrogant to rob me? 
And he says, well, where have we robbed you, God? The people ask. By not giving in worship. You've robbed me by not giving tithes and offerings. Well, that's just giving. No, that's worship. We, we try to approach that like that around this church. Taking up an offering isn't just taking up money. That's worship. Why, what's involved in that? Sacrifice. Uh-huh. What's involved in that? Perceiving who God is. What, what, what's it? That's just another mode of worship. Just as much as a raised hand or a clapped hand, that giving is another mode of worship. Amen. And that's really the view we need to adopt in our lives, that our giving, our of tithes and our offerings is a mode of worship. Amen. And maybe that would help some of us. We'd realize, man, whenever I come and I give my offering and my tithes into the Lord, man, I'm worshiping the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm worshiping Him. I'm, I'm reverencing Him. I'm honoring the Lord. He said in verse 9, continuing in that verse, he says, you're cursed with a curse. He says, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. He said, bring, all, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open unto if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And he says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all the nations shall call you blessed for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, you're saying then, you're saying, Brother McGee, the reason people suffer financially is because they didn't bring their tithes and offering. No, that's not what I'm saying. Because you can bring your tithes and offering, you can suffer financially still. But I'm saying one of the reasons that some may suffer, okay, you understand my wording here. I'm not saying everything. I'm saying one of the reasons why some may suffer financially may be because they don't worship the Lord in their tithings, in their offerings. But I do know this by Scripture, that whenever I do worship the Lord in that, he will rebuke the devourer. He, will, he said, he said, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes, not destroy your fruits. Amen. Your vine's going to be good. The field's going to be good. Amen. You're going to be a blessed people. All right, a blessed people. Amen. And so there is the revelation of giving in worship, giving in worship worship amen uh, there was the story in the old testament in the book of genesis there is jacob there jacob is the grandson of abraham uh, the son of isaac he's the the patriarchal father if you will he has the 12 tribes of the 12 sons that are that are born uh, from his wives and jacob's name later in scripture is changed to israel and after wrestling all night with the angel of the lord for a blessing he came to a certain place one night, Scripture says, and he laid down to sleep, and God gave Jacob a dream about his life and about where he was. And when Jacob woke up, he realized he was in a very special place. The Bible says in Genesis 28, verse 19, and he called the name of that place Bethel, which means house of God. But the name of the city was called Luz at first. And look at verse 20. And Jacob vowed a vow. Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. Verse 22, and this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house and of all that thou shalt give me, he says, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. Jacob realized after that dream laying down where he was. This is, he said, the presence of the Lord in this place, and I knew it not. When he first came, he didn't perceive that. But after his dream, he realized where he was and who was there. God's here. This is the house of God. Well, I vow a vow to give my tenth unto the Lord. Notice he said, of all. Thou shalt give me, I will surely give thee a tenth. What are we doing? Listen, folks, this is what giving's all about. We're just returning to the Lord a portion of what he's blessed us with. Mm -hmm. Because here's, here is the grassroots. We could not give him anything if he has not first given us something. 
And you got to drill that. You got to drill that into your head. You got to drill that in your kids' head. I'm telling you, there's nothing more important than doing this for your kids, drilling it into their heads. Again, I just went through the little scenario again the other morning at breakfast. And my kid, someone was, man, just filling up a bowl of cereal and it was like kind of going over the sides. I said, what in the world are you doing? You know, that costs money. And so I started asking the questions because Mariah's been old enough, Trevor's not quite as old. I said, you know where that parent, you know where that money comes from? I said, well, from you? I said, no. I said, where's it come from? And then we went down the line. I said, we have money. Listen to me. I said, because the church pays us money. They pay money because they give their tithes and offerings to God. But the money that they gave to the church, God allowed them to have jobs and supplied them a job. And so I, I backed it all the way up to where the cereal that was spilling out of the bow on the table came from God. Because that's the end of it, folks. The car you drive, God gave that to you. The house you live in, God gave that to you. The money that's in your bank, God gave that to you. The health you have in your body, God gave that to you. That lawn that you mow every week, God gave that to you. The clothes that's on your body, God gave that to you. And we gotta get back to the basics that everything I have, it belongs to the Lord. I wouldn't have anything if it were not for God. And so I'm gonna worship him with returning just a portion. God gave that to you. I would to God we would never come to a place so arrogant that we think our ability and our talent, who gave you your ability? Who gave you your talent? You might have you sharpened it a little bit, but that came from the origin of God. Well, I know how to be a carpenter. The only way you know that is because God gave you a brain in your head, allowed you to think. People walking high cotton thinking they've really made a way for themselves. You didn't make a way for yourself. You was a blabbering fool. According to the book of Isaiah, he's seen you polluted in your own blood. Nobody coddled you. Nobody salted you. You were a baby left alone. But he walked on the scene and the Bible says, I said live. I cut the cord. I washed you off and I made you my own. So whenever I stand up here and they're singing bless the Lord and I get up and say God's being good to us, know well what I'm saying. I'm going all the way back to the point of origin. My suit's God's, my car's God's, my house is God's. My children, they belong to God. They're the heritage from the Lord. And so I love you, God. Oh, I love you, God. Let me tell you what you're doing whenever you do that for your children and life doesn't turn out the way they want it to turn out and the job seizes. Uh-huh. And the money's not there to get the things that they would like to have. You don't get frustrated. You don't get antsy. You don't get majorly upset because all that is is a venue that God can use and shut up at any time. They understand the resources go all the way back to heaven. And although the employer says no, there's still a God in heaven. And so there's not money for the car payment, there's still a God in heaven. And so there's not enough, no food it seems like on the table. That doesn't matter. All this goes back, goes back to God. It doesn't end right there. It goes all back to the heavenlies and he's not abdicated his throne.
And so when it doesn't just work out, Brother Fred, if I got that type of mentality, I don't have to worry about going to you and you and complaining about it. I go to the one who's in control of it. Uh-huh. Man, I've spent my life for years sometimes. I don't have the money. I have the finances. Well, let me tell you something. Welcome to the network of humanity. You know what that means? You're alive and not dead. Because every single one of us somewhere along the line has not had the money we needed. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Had things that just didn't go quite right. Welcome to humanity. Because I don't want everybody to get this sorry me stuff. Because as people walk around in this life, sorrow me, sorry me stuff. Wake up, you're part of humanity. Everybody's had a hard time. But it's about what you do with that hard time. Instead of taking it to somebody else, take it to the one who's in control of it all and talk to him about it. Because ultimately, he has only the right to make it what it needs to be for you. misconstrued I'm not trying to beat anybody down but I'm trying to let you realize folks it's God's it belongs to God when you bring this to God it's an act and a mode of worship to God God's going to take care God's going to take care you might not have everything that you wanted but you'll have what you need and if it, and I might end up preaching on this tonight but don't you start measuring life by what's happening in this present life People want to measure a day in their life and then make their judgment on God based upon a day. You don't do that for one second, friend. You better make your judgment based on eternity. Hmm. Oh, my. Okay. We got to go. Let's see how many more pages we got. Over time. Okay, glory, Holly. God, oh God, oh God. Is everybody all right? Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus is good. Worship the Lord, worship the Lord, worship the Lord. <laughs> it's a choice, it's a will. It's a choice, it's a will. Getting to church, it's a choice, it's a will. Your worship, coming to church, it's a choice, it's a will. Start waiting the feelings and most of us would stay home most of the services. But it's a choice, it's a will. I grabbed it this week. I didn't plan on using it this morning. I wish I had it on media, but I can't put it up there. You probably can't see this, dear old woman. Brother Mason, you may have seen this. This was this past week. You see this, dear old lady right here? You probably can't see her real well. You see her? White-topped-headed old lady right there. You see her? See this old lady? Well, let me rephrase that. You see this nice, mature woman right here? <clears throat> see that mature woman? Preacher friend of mine had up. That lady that you just seen, 67 years, taught children in Sunday school. She died at a picnic. God raised her from the dead. And that following Sunday, she was teaching Sunday school. Now, let me tell you what happened in a lot of churches across America. It wouldn't even have to be death that knocked on their door. The next Sunday, they go stay home because you just don't know, you know. I just had that happen. You know the difference between them and that 67-year-old woman that's been teaching Sunday school for 67 years, rather? It's this. She understood and has a good perception of God. 
the reason why I'm even alive right now is because of him touching my body at that picnic. And so I'm going to go be faithful as I've been for the past 67. I'm making a choice. I'm going to God's house today. We get our hangnails and we have our headaches and, and we, get, uh, we had a little upset stomach today and you know things didn't just go right and my back hurt and so on and so forth. Let me tell you folks, you need to get a good perception of God. A good perception of God. So you're going to stay at home and watch your favorite flick on the TV with a headache and think, well, God's going to touch me before Monday. i got to go back to work. Or are you going to get your tail to the house of God and walk in there and say, I'm making a choice today. I'm going to worship because I know who God is and this headache links all the way to heaven he can take care of it he can take care of it listen folks and I gotta tell you we gotta put our big boy pants on here in the church in this day we gotta put our big boy pants on I've never seen a like people miss church over any little snick and a little poo amen I'm here to tell you today we need to come to the house whenever I was a child we were going to church there was no question about it there was no thinking about it we didn't all raise our hand and whoever had the majority vote that's what it was we went to church we went to church we went to church Sunday morning Sunday night Wednesday night Friday night youth and any other time in between we went to church why my parents made a decision for me I was still under their house you're going to church you're going to church when my oldest sister Paula was backslid as long as she lived under his roof you're going to church grow up put your big boy pants on the plague of this hour is immaturity in the church immaturity I would hang my head if there wasn't some type of physical condition wrong with a child 10 years old still messing their drawers when the church there needs to be some heads hung because there's a lack of spiritual maturity in some they're still messing their pants and it should be long past that. Now I'm really, I don't know where I'm at, but I'm in, I just feel like I'm where I need to be. Man, glory. Okay, yeah, sit down. Make a choice. Make a will. It's good. It's good. Yeah, it's good. So we've got to have the right motive, the right spirit in order to worship the Lord. Got to have the right spirit. In order to have the right spirit, sometimes I've got to prepare my heart and mind in order to have the right spirit to worship the Lord. And thus, that's one of the great importances of a prayer room before church. Because I'm going in there and I'm trying to get my spirit right. Trying to get my heart right in a condition that I can worship the Lord. And so just pre-adventure, maybe some of the breakdown in worship in a service is because their spirit was never right for worship. And the only way it can get right for worship, they have to have sometimes spend time in that community, that relationship with the one they're going to worship and get it right. Because you tell me the last time you're ready to throw all kinds of compliments on your husband or wife whenever you're, not up, whenever you're upset with them. You don't feel like doing that. Why? Because your spirit's not right between you two. Huh? And I'm going to say, oh, you're so lovely and gorgeous and wonderful and you do everything great, unless I'm being a sarcastic snob at the moment. Your spirit's got to be right in order to lavish those type of things. Don't you think for a moment? You come in service, you're going to lavish anything on the Lord if you don't have a right spirit with God? And have right spirit. Okay. We're going. I got. I really just. We're going. Man, we're going to get in a lot of trouble before this is all done. The Bible says, "Let's skip forward to John four twenty three. We started with 
24, but 23, he says, he says, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. It's important. The Father is seeking. He's seeking. He's out on a, a rampage in a search, very diligent to find people to worship him in spirit and truth. Every time we come into the doors of the house of the Lord, God is seeking. God is on the prowl. He's seeking our worship. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 69, for the eyes of the Lord that run to and fro throughout the whole earth to shew himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Perfect, we say complete. There's another definition of perfect that I like a lot. And I'm starting to mask quite a few scriptures on it and might preach on it someday. But it is maturity. Mature. <laughs> his, eye, his eyes are running to and fro through the whole earth to shoot himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is mature toward him. He's seeking for them. Stand with me. I'm going to shut up. So it's a choice. It's a choice of our will. If I can use, if you allow me to use a C word, it's commitment. Worship is a commitment. Remember Jacob, he said, a vow, I vow unto the Lord. It's a commitment. It's a commitment. So if the Father's seeking us, the question for us today is what, we're going to, what are we going to do? Will he find you worshiping alone when no one else is worshiping? Will he find you faithfully worshiping in the church when the doors are open for worship? Will he find you worshiping him in the beauty of holiness? Will he find you worshiping him in daily prayers and thanksgiving and supplication? Will he find you worshiping him during the singing and clapping and lifting up hands and rejoicing? Will he find you worshiping while the word of God is being preached? Because your perception is widening of him. Will he find you worshiping whenever it comes time uh, to give? But let's just call it worship of our tithing and our offerings unto the Lord. He's on the prowl today. God's on the prowl today. He's looking for worshipers. Now worship him in spirit and in truth. Note now, he's not going to and fro and he's not negotiating. He's not going to and fro over the earth and making, he's not negotiating, you know, making bargainings and tradings. Listen here, folks, if you do this, I'll do this. If you'll just worship me, please. No. He's on the parade looking for those with motive. It's just flowing. They've made a will and a choice to worship. He says, that's what I like. No, no, no negotiations, no ultimatums made. Just a heart, a spirit that's right with me that sees and identifies me for who I am says I worship you I worship you God you're, you're the superior I'm the inferior you're the superior I'm the inferior Whew. worship 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 we can just bow our heads in this place thank you for listening if you would like more information about our services and activities you can find us on Facebook Instagram and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.